2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 through chapter 4, verse 6. We will pray and then uh, quickly review some things and uh, finish up the end of verse 18. Father, we come before your throne, the author and the finisher of our faith. It is to your glory that we are here. It is to your purpose that we are here. And Father, it is in your power that we stand in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us. These feeble, frail, earthen vessels. The precious treasure inside. Father, may that treasure be seen, not the vessel. Father, may the power, the majesty of the gospel of Jesus Christ be seen in our lives every moment that you grace us here on this planet. May we walk in a manner worthy, standing to your purpose, standing in light of your glory with humble hearts. Father, we would hunger and thirst for your righteousness. And Father, that we'd seek you with every action. Father, as we look upon the Holy Word, help us to hear. Help us to see. May we decrease as you increase. In Christ, in Christ alone. Amen. Verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the things hidden because of the shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine out of the darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of God and the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. The key to these two, to this whole context right here comes there in verse 6, but is also seen there in verse 18. We behold as in a mirror and the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. All right, so that's where we're at in this, and that's it's what we're looking at, and, and it's a it's an amazing text, and yet in its simplicity, I think we miss it, because however you like to th- to think about it, um, we have a tendency to muddy up the water, um, and 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 you know I I don't. I don't believe any Christian does it, does it intentionally, but there comes a time that we're not paying attention to the simplicity of the gospel. And, and, and all of a sudden we start kind of, for lack of a better way to phrase it, we kind of mold the gospel into our own image. Okay? 
And, and the biggest reason is a, is a lack of reading the Bible. I mean, I, I just don't understand that. Uh, you have been given divine insight into the mind of the Creator. Why would you not grab that? Read your Bible. It isn't a complicated book. Trust me, if I can read it, you guys can read it. Remember, Pastor Paul? Give me someone simple. Okay? He got that answer, didn't he? All right, but see, that's the kind of stuff that I want you guys to start thinking about. How do I know if a man or a woman is teaching error? And most of the time, you can just read the verse in front of it. Okay, you know, or the read the verse after it. You know, sometimes you may have to understand the, the content of the whole letter, but for the most part, it's pretty specific. But yet we don't read it. And, you know, it's, it's like I hear people saying, well, Islam is a religion of peace. You haven't read the Koran. I'm not a Muslim theologian. But I found 300 different verses that speak of murdering for the name of Allah. That wasn't that hard for me. And yet, oh, it's a religion of peace. Okay, they've been around about 1,400 years. What's their history say? World conquest. We will get you to believe it if we have to cut your head off. It's got to be a religion of peace. But I see the same thing in the evangelical community. Why do we have an ignorance in the body of Christ over spiritual gifts? You know, the Bible is really specific about it. And you know what is amazing is, I do not want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. You know what the implication of that is? You don't have to be. Okay, if you're ignorant of your spiritual gift, it is purely your own fault. And you will be swayed. And yet you are fighting against an opponent who is called the father of lies. He is called the great deceiver. You know what we ought to be at least paying attention to? Truth. Okay, and that's where you hear last week I made the comment. Have you not read? Okay, Uh, you know what? When I meet with some of these guys around town, you know, they'll come up with these brilliant ideas. And I will say, and where is that in the Bible? And and, and it's it's that simple, brothers and sisters. I really wish you would understand it. It is that simple. Okay. We see here in verse 18. We behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Okay? The glory of the Lord. All right? When you see the word glory, always remember this now. The glory is the manifestation of the attributes and nature of God. All right? So when you read verse 6 down there, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God where? In the face of Christ. Alright, so when I look at the person of Christ, I see the manifestation of the nature and the attributes of God. Alright, now then, I behold in a mirror, what? 
The glory of the Lord. Okay, in its context, it would have to be the word of the Lord because it says the light of the knowledge of the glory in verse 6 of chapter 4. Does that make sense? I need to get that knowledge someplace. If I want to know the nature and the attributes of God in the person of Christ, where would you go get that? Most Christians today have their theology based on Hollywood movies. That's a tragedy. I remember the one movie, um, John Travolta was in it. He was an angel. Michael. Michael. And I I remember when it came out and everybody, you know, it's John Travolta movie and everybody went and seen it, da-da-da, and all the rest of it. And a lady came up to me one time. She said, did you know that angels like sugar? And you just stop for a second. You're like, what? And I said, yeah, I went and seen this movie and they'll pile like a big old thing of sugar on their cereal. Did you know that angels like to smoke cigarettes, chain smoke? Because he did that too. Wait a minute. I'm going to base my theology on Hollywood. You know, everybody's convinced that Moses looks like Charlton Heston. Okay, that's what we do. I've watched it over and over and over. And I'm sitting there going, have you read the book? Well, that's a little hard to read. Uh, Really? Um, I would say that you've not spent any time doing it. Perhaps that's why. All right. And and the reason I look at it, because I behold as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord means that if you're in a mirror, you're right there, you're looking at it and it's clear. The key to that understanding is, but we all. It doesn't say pastors get a better view. The church elders get a better view or the Sunday school teacher gets a better view. You know. Our denomination believes that if a person makes a public profession of Jesus Christ. Now think about this. This is what the Southern Baptists teach. If a person makes it a public profession, says the sinner's prayer or whatever it is, and is obedient in baptism. Okay? Your next step is to make them a Sunday school teacher. Because that gets them into the Bible. That's what? How do you know it ain't the Antichrist? Oh, wait. The Antichrist knows what the Bible says. Never mind. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? It's, it's like the 40 days of purpose. You know what the mentality behind that is? Science says if you do something for 40 days, it will become a habit. So if I can get you to do whatever for 40 days, then it will become a habit. Now, I don't know about you. I think in June is my 18th year. Is it 18? Oh, gee. You poor people. Um, I have read my Bible Every day, okay, for 18 years, every day, all right? And I can honestly tell you, it is not a habit. 
I have to make myself do it. All right, so perhaps the 40 days needs to be binary. I don't know. I look at God, he does everything in 400 year cycles. And I'm, <laughs> I don't want no part of that. <laughs> okay, but there's times that reading my Bible is just as mechanical as a day is long. I know I need to do this. And I go force myself to do it. I don't know, it doesn't sound real spiritual, does it? No, I don't set little candles out and incense and, oh, Lord, speak to me. That ain't how I do it. <laughs> I just, I'm in 2 Corinthians, I read 2 Corinthians. I don't do a proverb or a psalm or this or that or the other. No, I may chase some rabbits in my study time, but I read 2 Corinthians and 1 Timothy every day. I know. What a boring life. Anyway. It is clear to those who have an unveiled face. Okay, please understand that. We all is just what it means. Those who have come to Christ and now have an unveiled face. Behold in a mirror the glory of God that is manifested in the face of Christ. The attributes and nature are manifested. Now, listen, I wish there was a bigger secret to the Christian life. It is as simple as read the book. That is all it is. Do you know, it doesn't say in the commentaries and it doesn't say that. It says read the book. Just read it. Why do you think I gave it to you? Why do you think I protect it? And, and, and it should be normal for a Christian. I shouldn't have to badger Christians. You ought to read that thing. And if you're going to carry it, you better read it. Christianity is simply looking into the face of Jesus, seeing the glory of God revealed in the face of Christ. That's Christianity. That's it. Oh, but no, no, you don't. I'm telling you, that's it. But I think it's feeding the poor and housing the, you know, whatever, the downtrodden or whatever. No, ain't it. I want to see the nature and character of God. I do it in the face of Christ by the authority of his written word. Listen, I'm going to take you back because sometimes we forget. Have you ever had this thought? Okay. What does God want me to be? What does God want me to do? You ever had that thought? For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. Very simple, very easy. When you are trying to make a decision, ask yourself, is this decision going to conform me more into the image of Christ? Or will my decision in this cause me to look more like Christ? Do you understand that's why you were saved? To be conformed into the image of his son? That's a fascinating thought. Well, I thought I was saved to go to heaven. No, that's a fringe benefit. 
That's the retirement package. Okay? So when I look at this, I say, here is the glory, and His glory is so powerful that when I look into the face of Christ, I see the glory of God. That's why I read. Whether I'm reading Esther, whether I'm reading Revelation, whether I'm reading Micah, whether I'm reading whatever, I'm seeing God. So when we talk about you are saved by grace through faith, then your faith is what you will be devoted to. What is important to you? And what is important to you is very, very visible. The book of James. First John says that it is easy to see what is important. So I have faith. All right. And because of my faith, I am now devoted to the author of that faith. Okay. I want to be conformed into Jesus. Walk as Jesus walks and you will be consistent to the purposes of God. I think that's fascinating. I absolutely, you know, (laughs) do you know if you're doing that, you can do anything you want? Do you ever think about that? Why? Because I'll be walking as Christ who would be consistent with God's purpose. So therefore, whatever I'm doing is only consistent with God's purpose. And all it took was the devotion to seeing the face of Jesus so I can see the manifestation of the glory of God. He is God. Now, do you understand? That is what we call sanctification. To be conformed into the image of Christ. Is that not sanctification? We get into all of this gyration over how do you make willful service. They got classes. You can take a seminary class on how to raise up laborers. Those are you many crickets. Conquer a country. You have a whole country full of laborers. You don't raise them up. You point them to the person of Christ. Their faith grows because their devotion will grow and their devotion will grow and you will see them walking as Christ walked. There's coming a time when we'll be face to face. Some people say, well, that's the doctrine of glorification. Well, let me tell you something. If I'm looking in a mirror, beholding the image of Christ, the glory of the Lord, and I see in glory already. Okay. Now there's going to come a time that there's a glory which is in the complete absence of sin. That's cool. I don't care how you slice that bugger. <laughs> it will be impossible for me to get into the presence of sin. <laughs> Dude, that just rocks my universe. Why? Because the veil is removed. The veil is removed now. And I look into a mirror. But I want you to go back to your text now and I want to show you something. 
because it kind of should excite you. We all, with unveiled face, behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Amen. Now, that right there is an, enough to just say, well, that's cool. But you know what is amazing about the Apostle Paul under the power of the Holy Spirit? He didn't stop there. Look what he says next. Okay, now, you have to go back to we all. I think Paul was part Southerner. We all are being transformed into the what? From glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. See, God is clear to us in the person of Christ. There's, there's no mystery. There's no veil. There's no shadows. There's no pictures. It's clear. You see the character and the nature of God. Paul in Romans 1 says that creation shows the glory of God. Creation shows what? The nature and the attributes of God. I mean, Job, he's just hung it in nothing. Okay? That, I don't know about you, but I don't know what the weight of the planet Earth is, but to hang something as heavy as the planet Earth in nothing is somebody's strong. I don't care how you cut that bugger. So I start seeing the nature and the character of God in his creation. But to us now it's personal because I behold in a mirror. And remember, they could not gaze intently at Moses, at what was fading away. But it says now we can behold. We can gaze intently. Listen, if God knows all. Okay, do we all agree? There's nothing God doesn't not know. There's things God knows that he hasn't even given us. I mean, the absence of sin. I don't, I don't know what that is. Okay? But if he knows all, let me ask you a question. What do you fear? Why would you fear? So anybody says, I saw you riding your motorcycle the other day. And you didn't have a helmet on. You know what I'll tell him? God knows all. Okay? Now, of course, my wife's saying, I'm going to give you all. Okay, but... <laughs> all right? But you see what I'm trying to get at? What is there to be concerned over? What is there? And yet, what do we do? There's people in the congregation who believe that worry is a spiritual gift. And, and it, it's just a waste of time. We never go through anything we can't endure, and He always makes a way to endure it. Did you hear what I said? Always? Did you get the word always? You know, that's not like most of the time. Or 99% of the time, he says, always. No matter how hard life is, God promises 
that the goal of the hardship is to make you and I more like Christ. Right? And some of you are a little harder to work with than others. So it's a little harder. Okay? But tell me, when you go through hardship, do you not see more clearly what God does? Okay? And sometimes when you're in the valley of the shadows, you're paying more attention to the shadows. Okay? And then when you come out of the valley, you look back and say, well, look, God was watching over me and he did this and he did. And it's totally awesome. Okay, but you could have seen that in the valley if you weren't busy looking at the shadows. Why? You were concerned over the shadows. What if I stub my toe? What if I walk into something? What if a boogeyman jumps out at me? But I thought you said God knows all things. He does. And everything that you and I endure, I don't care what it is, is to conform us more into the image. And if you read what it says there, we are being transformed into the what? As we gaze at the glory of God in the face of Jesus... We are transformed from a lower level of glory to a higher level of glory. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. As I continue to gaze intently. Brothers and sisters, this thing here should be setting your world on fire. As I behold... The blazing glory of the manifestation of the attributes of God in Christ. As I gaze intently at it, guess what happens? I am literally transformed into the image that I'm gazing intently at. Shame Jeff ain't here. I'd at least gotten one amen. Jeez, you guys are like, oh, I knew that. (laughs) Perhaps you should speak with me after the service and explain to me what I'm not seeing. Do you understand this? This is one of the most powerful verses in Holy Writ. It says the longer I gaze at it, the more I become like it. It just makes me want to jump up and act charismatic. Throw my hands up or something. (laughs) It transforms us. The face of Jesus, the glory of God will transform you. Because we all, with unveiled face, as we keep our eyes open, and I had to make sure I... Insisted on that. I used to think that meditating is you read a verse and then took a nap. Did you you, nobody else ever meditated that way? Okay. And then I had my buddy explain to me, it's like chewing cud. And I was like, chewing cud? He said, yeah, you keep belching it up and chew it up again. I said, huh. 
I like my <laughs> better. <laughs> Something about reading scripture and belching it up and reading it again is sort of what? Anyway, it loses something. As I keep my eyes open, fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, never moving from the simplicity of devotion to Christ. As he is the focus of our lives, gazing at the glory of God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. It is done in his word. It is done in the gospels in the New Testament. If you think about the gospels in the New Testament, they reveal Jesus Christ, his history, his life, his ministry. All right. You move to the epistles that reveals Christ Jesus and they are explained the meanings of the gospel. That's why it is written. And then you have the book of Revelation and it says, Ta-da! any questions? I mean, that's how it ends. What? It is the glory of God. It's all Christ. And it's revealed to we all who have unveiled face. Everywhere we see the glory of God in Christ, as we gaze at his glory, you see there, just as from the Lord, the spirit, we see that as we gaze at his glory, the Holy Spirit changes us into the very image that you're looking at in scripture. You ever thought about, you've heard people, you need to pray for patience. Flee them people, man. <laughs> okay. Right. One of the things I have learned in my life is I do not have to pray for patience. Okay. God is always there working on it. Okay. I'm not sure that even when you've got patience, you've got patience. Okay. But if you think about it for a second, was Jesus patient? Over and over. I mean, talk about a bunch of knuckleheads. Those 12... Really? And I mean, think about it from this perspective. He knew their hearts. I mean, there's times you've been around somebody and you know they're just giving you lip service. Okay? He knew it every time they ever thought about it. They didn't even have to give him lip service. He could look at their hearts and say, that's where they are. But that's all right. Why? Who's in control of all things? God is. And he will do what stops his plan. Nothing. Okay. Even if you think the plan should be faster. And I know none of you have ever thought that. Because you've all had the patience of. Yeah. Okay. Fill in the blank. (laughs) Okay. Patience of a worker ant. Busy bee. All right. But isn't it? And yet. One of the things, I used to be extraordinarily patient with people. I could not be with me. Okay, I know it's a weird mixture, but you guys know me long enough that, yeah, that's a weird mixture anyway. Okay, but I, I was never with me. And yet, as I have spent years and years and years looking at the face of Jesus, you know, I'm patient with me now. And that takes a lot. Don't believe me, ask my wife. Okay, but it, it just gets to the point where, you know, I ain't worry about it. Why? It will come to be. 
Pastor Paul, God bless. I love the Lord so much. I can't even, I don't, I don't even have to articulate it, but he's humorous to me at times. Um, any of you who have spent any time with me at all know my administrative skills. Okay. I'm a tremendous planner. Okay. As long as you give me two minutes. Okay, that, that's that, that's that's why I, I try to, you know, when I travel to Russia, I just send them my passport. They do the paperwork, and send it back and tell me where to be. Okay, you know, because they were always saying, what date would you like to go? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Whenever. All right. But I just don't plan things. And it's funny because everything's based on planning. I mean, I got a phone that you can set dates and calendars and all this stuff. But you know what God does that is absolutely hilarious? Okay? He surrounds me with planners. Okay? I think I'm just a torment to them. Okay? Because they plan. They just plan everything. And then there's me. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> okay? Uh, and, and, and so it's, I'm not sure if God is trying to teach me planning or trying to teach them something. <laughs> we'll put this old boy in their way to see how that works. <laughs> okay. You, you think you're in control. <laughs> All right. Hang on with Terry. You'll be fine. Okay. Pastor Paul comes up to me. All right. He says, I have a favor to ask you. I said, All right. Well, ask away. He says, I want you to come and see me. We have graduation at seminary. Perhaps you will see. And he actually says that they would like to give me an honorary doctorate from their seminary. And I'm sitting there going, wow, far out. He says, you have been faithful to the book. He says, we would like to give you honorary doctorate. Would you come at our graduating class? And I said, well, you know, I can pray about it and we'll see what happens. He says, no problem. So he calls the president back in Rangu and calls me back. And he says, February. I said, Okay. 2013. <laughs> that was my response. <laughs> Gee, many crickets. <laughs> we went out even own airplanes in 2013. Beam me over, Scotty, or something. I don't know. I thought that was hilarious. He's planning. 2013. <laughs> oh, jeez. You don't seem to understand one of my passionate prayers is, come quickly, Lord. <laughs> so, as we gaze at Christ, we start moving from one level of glory to the next. One level of the manifestation of the attributes of the person of Christ to the next level of the manifestation of the attributes of Christ to the next level, of, to the next level, to the next level. Think about that. The very nature that is Christ. Where you learn grace. And you walk in it. Where you learn mercy. And you stand in it. When you start comprehending with all the saints. The height, the breadth, the depth of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. All of a sudden, you start manifesting it. But it happens because you have been gazing intently in the mirror of God's written word at the face of Jesus Christ. And if you don't do that, we see it. Because you look just like the world. 
The world frets. You can talk to just about any average Christian right now and say, is there anything in your life right now that's troubling you? And probably the majority of them right now will say, money. But they'll all quote, my father has the cattle on a thousand hills. But he won't give you one? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because you're not looking at the face of Jesus. You're looking at, look around. All of these things must be done. And God, it's obvious He's not sending me a genie. I must get these done. And you're missing it. You're completely missing it. You're pushing through to something that you believe is important. And Jesus says, you're wasting your time. As I gaze intently, I'm moving higher and higher in Christ-likeness. I'll give you a little footnote here. It's a painful journey. Because the more I gaze at the face of Jesus, the more I see who I really am. Okay? And I tell you, remember, you're looking in a mirror. It's not like you're going to hide it. And I don't know about you, but I have read the Bible sometimes, and it just cuts me to the quick. I'm just sitting there, because I remember I had a great fear when I started preaching this. What if it comes Sunday, and I don't have a message ready? I don't understand what the text is saying. And I used to, oh man, but then I thought about it. Did God call me? Well, and all of a sudden one day he was saying, let's sing today. Why? Because he wasn't looking at my face intently. But you know what bothered me the most? He showed me, he says, that should not be your concern, Mr. Ball. Concern be, you get up there and preach that, and is it true of you? I shared with you in Sunday school, that last, last Sunday I used it from the pulpit, that we like to complicate things. Okay, but if we look at the face of Jesus, you guys should have seen my week. It was horrible. I mean, I could do nothing simple. I mean, nothing simple. And I mean, it all week long, you know, I was going uh, to change the oil in my car and I sheared off the bolt out of the, the oil pan. Uh, loosening it. That never happens. I loosened it and tore the head off of it. You're like, what? Well, I'll just ignore it. Pull the oil filter, turn the car over, I'll blow the oil out the air, oil pump. And then I started looking, a little bolt head was missing, and it starts dripping oil. Well, that ain't going to work. <laughs> so you're going to have to take a, an easy out and back it out of there and drill and hang out underneath the truck. So what is usually a 15-minute job for me turned into three hours for an oil change. Where's Jiffy Lube when you need them? Okay, my whole week was that way. I was going to ride the motorcycle. Gas is high. I was going to roll it. So I'm getting the motorcycle. I get on it. It's in the garage. And I'm going to roll it backwards, right? Oh, golly, this thing ain't rolling. I'm in gear. What's the matter with it? And I get off of it. And I look underneath. The back tire is flatter than the doorknob. And I'm sitting there going, gee, many crickets. And if you've seen that motorcycle, it's not like changing a tire on a car. And he just said, Lord... You know, what do you want me to pedal? Okay. My whole week was that way. One thing after I had a, my wife had this big barrel of trash. 
Okay, and she says, can you haul that off? So I grab this barrel, I start to slide it, to put it in the back of my pickup, and it weighs about two tons. And I'm like, did she kill a horse and put it in here? What am I supposed to be doing here? And so I pull on the side of it, I pull it over, and it's full of water, and it's all over my lap. You're just sitting there soaking wet going, well, that was pleasant. But the barrel was lighter when the water was out of it. But my whole week, it was one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. And it's all because God says, you're going to stand up in front of them people and say, we complicate our lives. Watch this. Will you keep gazing intently at my son's face? It's hard to do when you're underneath the truck thinking, if I had a match, <laughs> it's insured. It had spontaneous combustion. It was just sitting there and poofta. Never seen anything quite like it before. As I gaze at the face of Jesus Christ, we are moving higher and higher up to the glory of Christ's likeness. See that? Do you understand that's what this text is? Remember the contrast between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant? It's the contrast between the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints. The New Covenant says, guess what? You will look as Christ look. Not a fading glory like Moses. Not a reflective glory like Moses, but a transforming glory like Christ. Focus on him that the spirit of God just changes us into that image. Galatians, Paul wrote, it says he was never going to be satisfied till Christ is formed in you. It's a pretty powerful statement if you think about it. My favorite, Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. We proclaim him, admonishing. You know what that means, right? You look at somebody, smile real gracious and mercifully and say, that's stupid. <laughs> that's how I do it. Okay. Some of you others say, you just need to word it different. Okay, but I say to admonish somebody is to correct them. You keep doing that. That is foolish. Okay, we proclaim him. What does that mean? Christ, I'm proclaiming Christ. Why? I have been gazing intently at the image. Let me tell you about the image. By proclaiming him, we admonish every man and we teach every man. Okay, proclaim is what I'm doing right now. Teaching is what I probably do tonight. We'll sit down and we'll discuss it. With all wisdom. Okay, there we go. Where'd we get that? From the mirror. So that we may present every man complete in Christ. Now, I don't know how you can shake that out, but that's job security. It's one of them that keep you busy. John, the apostle says, you say you belong to Christ. You should walk as he walked. The believers at Antioch. They were called what? Christians, first time. You know why? Because they were like Christ. 
Is that true today? I mean, we are called Christians today, but I think it's more of a technical term. I wish it was because we were like Christ. I wish we were more like Christ. But we do have a preoccupation with the things of this world. Everyone in this room is guilty of it. We need to shift our preoccupation to that of Christ. That should be first. First and foremost in everything. Look into the face of Christ and you will see the glory of God revealed. And guess what? As we do, we will be transformed from one level of glory to the next level of glory to the next level of glory. The Holy Spirit, as you gaze intently at the Word of God, you will slowly take on the image of the glory of Jesus Christ. That's why I preach. That's why I teach. That's why I admonish. That's why I exhort. That's why I try to encourage Read your Bible. Read your Bible. In case that doesn't work, I would read your Bible. Because the longer you gaze at it, the more intently you gaze at it, the more the Holy Spirit will conform you into that very image. We see what God really is like. Most of us in this room have a picture of God that in some cases we created. Okay, and that is a very dangerous place to be. God doesn't need you to create Him in your image. It is imperative to each and every one of us that we look at the Word of God to see God in His image in the person of Jesus Christ. That is where you are given the trust, the reason to trust Him in every situation. To to gaze intently at it is just what it means. It isn't, well, it's morning and I need to do a New Old Testament chapter, a New Testament chapter, a proverb, and a psalm. And you know what? If that's what it takes to get you into the habit, then do it. Do it. But as you read it, read it with a purpose now that says, I want to see the face of Jesus in this text. And then I want to gaze on it. I want to spend time in it. I want to look intently at it. And you will be transformed into the very image that you look at. And then you will see that that look that is so clear, okay, that look that transforms, but you'll also see that look will strengthen you. And that look will be next week. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for my brother Paul, Lord, and the path that he set before us only as a follower of Christ. Father, may we be little Christ. May we, as every breath you grace us, become more Christ-focused and more Christ-like. All right, Lord, I look at this and I understand that this is divine work, sovereign work. And Father, I rest in that assurance that you take each hearer this day and give them a hunger to gaze intently into the face of Jesus Christ. And they would see in wonder of wonders you, Lord. 
And as they stare at it, your spirit conforms to that image. Thank you, my King, for what you do. Father, thank you for what you are doing. And Father, the great hope and glory that is before us of what you will accomplish as you conform us into the image of your Son. In Christ's name, amen.